0: Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live.
1: And welcome to the five o'clock hour of Bob Bernie Live. And the Don Crows Show, as once again we simulcast in Washington, D.C. and in Columbus, Ohio. So uh, wherever you may be listening, welcome. And thank you for allowing me, Bob Burney, to be your host. Well, either your host or your guest host today. Anyway, thank you for uh, joining me. Uh, just a reminder to my audience in Columbus and to Don Crow's audience in Washington, D.C. The Bible League campaign is coming to a close, but you can still give by calling 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or you can go online. Uh, if you're listening in Washington, D.C., wava.com, click on the Bible League banner. Uh, If you're listening here in Columbus, Columbus thewordcolumbus.com. I am so extremely grateful for my audience here in Columbus. We have exceeded our goal. Praise God for that. But listen, that's not the important thing. The important thing is that we get as many Bibles into the hands of believers who desperately want them, desperately need them, Yes, we have exceeded our goal, but I would love to see us go even much further. To those of you in Washington, D.C., you are not yet to your goal, but you could help a, a great deal today. Those of you living in the Washington, D.C. area and listening on WAVA, I know that you can reach your goal as well. So, same telephone number, whether you're in Washington or whether you're here in Columbus, 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. Or if you prefer to go online in Washington, D.C., WAVA.com, or in Columbus, the word Columbus.com. And in both cases, just make sure that you click on the Bible League banner. If you call, make sure that you tell the operator Which radio station you are listening to, WAVA, Washington, D.C., or WRFD in Columbus. But folks, we are providing God's eternal word to people around the world who are willing to risk their lives to receive it. And the campaign is just about over, but there's still time to give. One more time, 800-YES-WORD, both radio stations, same telephone number, or wava.com or uh, the word columbus.com. In my devotions this morning, I'm reading through 1 Samuel. I I love the book of 1 Samuel. Um, I love to study what happened to Saul, not because I rejoice in his fall, but it's a reminder to me. Saul began with a new heart. I don't believe that Saul was a bad man. God gave him a new heart. But he rose up with pride, and his pride literally destroyed him. And reading the story of the life of Saul is a reminder to all of us that pride can absolutely destroy us, our family, our ministry. And then I love the story of David. The least desirable of all the sons of Jesse to be anointed to be the king. You remember the story. Samuel the prophet says that, or God told Samuel that God had rejected Saul and to go to the house of Jesse and anoint one of his sons to be king. Well, all of the sons of Jesse came before Samuel and each one. Jesse the father probably said, ah, this boy. He would be a great king. And each time Samuel said, "Uh uh-uh, nope, not him, not him. And then finally, there were no other sons in the room. And Samuel said, I know God told me to come here and anoint one of your sons. Is there another son? Do you have another son? And Jesse kind of says embarrassingly, well, yeah, yeah, I've got... I've got one more, but uh, now don't get me wrong. I love the kid. He's really a cute kid, but he's not exactly king material. His name is David. And if you read the story, Samuel the prophet literally has to threaten Jesse. I'm not leaving until you bring the other boy. And finally, when David is brought, immediately... God speaks to Samuel's heart and says, this is him. And there, of course, is where we we find that wonderful biblical truth. Man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. There was something about the heart of David that drew him to God and drew God to him. And, of course, he was anointed to be the king. And then you know the long contest between Saul and David. At first, David is... Venerated by Saul. Uh, he's given a great deal of responsibility in the army. And then that one time, they're coming back from battle, and the women of Israel begin singing, Saul has killed his thousands, David his ten thousands. And Saul's pride rose up within him, and from that day forward, Saul continued to lose his he literally began to lose his sanity because of his obsession with david being the next king and you you see all of that and you you watch what was a good man dive i mean literally into insanity because of his Unbridled pride and well insecurity. Well, the whole reason why I wanted to bring up that story, and I'm going to run out of time here in just a minute, but um, the relationship between the son of Saul, Jonathan, and David. I uh, I preached a sermon once many years ago, the most wonderful love story in the Bible. And it was the story of Jonathan and David. And it is one of the most incredible love stories in the Bible, the love between Jonathan and David. Now, the skeptics and those who would pervert the Word of God try to make it into some same-sex attraction, some homosexual attraction between Jonathan and David. There is no evidence. There is no proof of that whatsoever. And even though David became the man after God's own heart, if you look at that whole story, that whole narrative of Jonathan and David, it is Jonathan who is the hero. Well, David is too, but it's it's honestly Jonathan who is the real hero in this incredible love story. And as I read through it again this morning, I was just reminded of how God desires that we esteem others better than ourselves, that God desires that we put others first, that we have true, genuine love for other people even more than ourselves, and that certainly is the case with Jonathan and David. I love that story. And I was just challenged again this morning as I read it. Hey, I got to take a break. I'll uh, elaborate on that a little more after this break. So please don't go away. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live.
1: And welcome again to Bob Bernie Live and the Don Crow Show as we continue to uh, simulcast today. Before the break, I was sharing with you. The wonderful story in the Old Testament of the love between Jonathan and David. Now, don't make it anything unbiblical, unscriptural. This is a holy, godly love between two men. And yes, yes, there can be deep, deep love between two men that is not perverted in any way. Now, this relationship, the Bible says, was even deeper than most men have for women and women have for men. And it was true. Their love was deep. But as I said before the break, the real hero in this story is not David. The real hero is Jonathan. Now, most of you know the story, but just in case, let me kind of summarize what's going on. Saul is the first king of Israel, anointed by Samuel the prophet. It's not long before he is lifted up with pride. He rebels against God's command. And uh, the prophet Samuel has to announce to Saul, God has rejected you from being king. God speaks to Samuel and says, I want you to go to the house of Jesse and anoint one of his sons to be the next king. Samuel the prophet goes to Jesse's house, anoints David to be the king. But it's years before David actually ascends to the throne. It's a long time after he was anointed to be king. And during that time, there is this relationship between David and Saul. David conquers Goliath. He obviously becomes a hero to the people of Israel. Saul puts David in charge of a large part of the army, and David does extraordinarily well leading the army. So that it's not long before there is actually more honor among the people of Israel for David than their own king Saul. Saul becomes very jealous. And his Pride and his jealousy literally destroys him. And then there's this whole cat and mouse game that goes on for years where Saul will say to David, Oh, you're my son. I love you. I love you. And then the next minute, he's trying to throw a spear at him and nail him to the wall. Several times, Saul tries to kill David out of his jealousy and out of his pride. David finds himself running and hiding and and so on. All right, now, back to Jonathan and David. Jonathan is the oldest son of Saul, which means he was next in line to the crown. He was next in line to the throne. If anything happened to dad, Saul, Jonathan would be king. But God has ordained David to be the next king. If there was ever anyone in the entire nation of Israel who should have been suspicious of, angry at, resentful towards David, it should be Jonathan. Because David is going to take the rightful place of Jonathan to be the next king of Israel. And listen, human nature within us doesn't want anybody to take my place, what I have earned or what I deserve or whatever. But Jonathan is so unique and so different. Jonathan has a real heart for God. And if God said David should be the next king, that was fine with Jonathan. It was so fine with Jonathan that Jonathan takes off his royal robe and he takes his his sword that was that was the uh, the the type or the symbol of the next king and he willingly takes those things off and gives them to David and tells David I will be faithful to you it's an incredible thing well how does dad respond to that Saul well, not well. In fact, at least on one occasion, Saul, the king, tries to kill his own son, Jonathan, because of Jonathan's allegiance to David and Jonathan's willingness to allow David to be the next king. And so Jonathan, here's, here's the point I want to drive home. Jonathan has nothing to gain by being a friend to David. Nothing. He has nothing to gain. And he has everything to lose. His position, being the next king, being the successor to the throne of of God's people, Israel. He has nothing to gain. He has everything to lose. But because of his deep friendship to David... He is willing to sacrifice all of that for his friend because he knew that this friendship would first and foremost honor God and then it would help his friend. As I said before the break, years ago I preached a message on the most incredible love story in the Bible. And... It was the story of Jonathan and David. And I laid out this this sacrifice that Jonathan made and and what is a true friend. And that was the real theme of the whole message. What does it mean to be a true friend? Are you willing to sacrifice everything for a friend, for someone else and, and not yourself? But here's the stark reality. Everybody wants a Jonathan. Who in their right mind would not want a friend like Jonathan? And I remember in preaching that message, towards the end of the message, I said, hey, how many of you would love to have a friend like Jonathan? Everybody put their hands up. Of course they would like a friend who would risk their lives for the friendship, and sacrifice everything and get nothing in return. But here's the problem. Everybody wants a Jonathan. But not many are willing to be a Jonathan. Can I repeat that? Everybody wants a Jonathan. They want to be David. They want to have a friend like Jonathan. But how many are willing to be a Jonathan to a David? Jonathan poured his life into David. My friend, maybe you have someone close to you, near to you, that God is developing for great service. Now, they're not going to be the king of Israel that it may be that God is developing them for some great form of service, and God wants you to be a Jonathan to that David. And you know what? God may choose to use that person in a more visible way than he uses you. But here's the point. How does God get glory? By surrendering all to his sovereign will. Folks, I was just challenged this morning as I read this story. God, make me a Jonathan to some Davids around me. Give me a willing heart to give and give and give and not expect anything in return. In fact, that's the definition of true love giving everything and expecting nothing in return. All right, we need to take a break. We'll be right back.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's